0: Want to know, then come on, let's go
1: take a stroll down those. What's going on, Mount Deer Nation? Welcome into to another edition of the Country Roads webcast, brought to you by Trio 4 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. Here today to uh, talk some Mountaineer basketball, our first basketball update of the season. I've got with me Justin Eller, who covers West Virginia basketball for Almost Heaven Athletics there at almostheavenathletics.com. How's it going, Justin? Good to have you back. It's
0: good to be back, man, ready to talk some basketball. Um, unfortunately... Under bad circumstances after the first loss, but we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, having said that, we'll talk about the uh, Mountaineers' first uh, game of the season. Um, for those that don't know, uh, which everybody should know by now, of course, but uh, West Virginia fell to Buffalo, ninety-nine to ninety-four in overtime in the first game of the season, to fall to zero and one on the season. Um, before we get into the details, any opening thoughts about uh, this game?
0: Keeps coming into my mind. We talked last week on the podcast. Um, You had asked the question if I thought there would be a huge drop off in guard play with the loss of Javon Carter and Daxter Miles. Um, We kind of downplayed it a little bit, you know, a little bit of optimism. Didn't think it was going to be too much of an issue, but obviously it's a huge concern. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely is a huge drop off, and uh, we got a long way to go to get these young guys ready to play, and that showed on Friday night against Buffalo.
1: Yeah, I agree 100. The that's the thing that stuck out the most to me, and um, I think that without Beetle Bolden, the team looked you know almost lost and without him, and and the, to me the worst part about that is that I think Beetle he's the best point guard we have, and he's probably not even shouldn't be a point guard really because he's so good off the catch and shoot. We really could use him as at the two guard as a shooting guard, and him being the best point guard you have kind of limits that though, and has to make him play that point guard spot.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I don't know too much about Beatles as far as his leadership goes. Um, you know, we're not there at the practices. All we see is what we see on television, right. hear from Huggins and postgames, but uh, just, we, we don't seem like we have any vocal leader on the court, and uh, I just don't think we got a player right now that will step up like Javon or Daxter would and bring these guys in and say, hey, you know, we need to do this or we need to do that different, and uh, I think that what this team's lacking the most other than guard play is just leadership. uh learned senior Issa Ahmad, uh didn't play like a senior Friday night. Um, he really hasn't played good, in my opinion, since his freshman season. Um, he has his spurts. Um, he usually shows up against Kansas.
1: Let's say that's about the only time, time that you see a good Issa Mod's against Kansas. Other than that, it's kind of average.
0: Yeah, I just – I don't know if he wants it. I don't know if – I don't know if he's – I just don't know if he has it in him. I don't, I just, to me, it looks like he just doesn't want to be
1: there. Mhm. Yeah. This is was this was the season. You know, I'd heard a lot of good things about him, and I thought that um, he was finally going to step up. And you know, looking at his numbers, he actually had six turnovers in the game. And to me, that's you can't do that, especially being a senior. You're supposed to be the senior leader. Six turnovers. Of course, the Mountaineers had a lot of turnovers in the game in general. But one of the guys that's supposed to be your senior leaders has six turnovers versus only three assists. That's that's not going to get it done for you.
0: No, not at all. And I, I think, I'm pretty sure, they in the closing minute or two. Uh, they called a timeout, and we ran a play to have Sagaba roll to the basket to get an easy open layup or a dunk. And uh, Issa just threw it right over his head straight out of bounds. And uh mm-hmm. said in the postgame, I just don't know how you throw it to nobody. I mean, it's one thing to throw it to, you know, the opposing team. At least you throw it to somebody. But he literally uh, threw the ball over Sagabao's head, who's – Probably got the highest vertical on the team and can jump up and get any ball. And uh, I don't know, man. They just didn't execute Friday night.
1: No, not at all. I mean, Sags was full extension on that and still wasn't anywhere near him. It was it was a terrible throw. I don't know what to say other than that, really. But um, talk a little bit more about the specifics. Um, I know me and you mentioned on the podcast uh, previewing the season and previewing this game a little bit that, This wasn't the uh, typical season opening game that Buffalo was going to be a tough opponent. And, you know, after beating West Virginia, they've now won 22 of their last 26 games. And that includes wins over Arizona and West Virginia. C.J. Massenburg looks to be a very solid player for them. Um, He had 43 points, 14 rebounds. He made nine threes. And, of course, the three that hurt the most was the one that forced overtime. And that's kind of what I want to talk about now. Uh, West Virginia had a big lead. Uh, I think they were up double digits with about five minutes to go or something like that, close to it, and they let that slip away. Um, what are your thoughts on that, and what do you think caused that?
0: Um, well, for one, we let Massenberg get the ball.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, we're coming out of a timeout. You, everybody in the arena, everybody in the state, everybody watching the game, they know who Buffalo wants to get the ball to. So I don't know how you let him get a wide-open shot. I don't care if it was from deep. Um, you you know, you got a guy that's caught fire like that. You can't let him shoot anywhere. I don't care if it's mm-hmm. from half
1: court. you got to um, defend him as soon as he crosses midcourt.
0: Absolutely. You have to, you know, you got to be on him. Um, I'd much rather have left somebody else open. Or, you know, even if he gets the ball fouling, you know, send him to the free throw line. We're up three points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, live to fight another down. But, uh, I don't know. I just think not having Baldwin hurt us. He was the only person making shots. Uh Lamont West he throws up a couple air balls, one in overtime, one at the the buzzer to try and tie it up. Um I just I think lack of execution and lack of defending the uh perimeter on defense is what costs us that game.
1: Yeah, it's um like you said, you got a guy that's hot like that, he's shown he can hit from deep already in this game. You pretty much got to fit him as soon as he crosses half court, especially in a game where you're up three. You can't give up a three pointer late. You know it was under 15 seconds left, and that tied it up, sent it to overtime, and uh, kind of was downhill from there. But um, you know, like you said, the lack of the lack of defense and lack of physicality, and to me, it was kind of like um, Buffalo basically beat West Virginia. And at West Virginia's game, they beat West Virginia the way that West Virginia likes to beat people. They out-physicaled them. They forced turnovers. They out-rebounded them. You know, West Virginia actually shot a higher percentage than Buffalo in the game. West Virginia had 44% field goal. Buffalo only had 40 West Virginia had 33% on threes compared to Buffalo's 29 So. You know, it's almost like what West Virginia does to teams. They don't shoot as well or nothing, but they'll beat you because they out-hustle you, out-rebound you, and force turnovers. And that's what Buffalo did. West Virginia had 19 turnovers on the game and only forced Buffalo into 11. So, I mean, would you agree with that? They kind of played West Virginia's game and was better than West Virginia was at it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we see the Mountaineers the last couple of years force 18, 19 turnovers every night. And we've been top five, if not first in the country. In defense and forced turnovers, and uh, they uh, they played the way we like to play, and we didn't have an answer for it. And I don't necessarily know that we can run the press with this team this year. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't get to see Culver. I uh, don't really know what's going on with that situation, but uh, I just don't think we got a guy, at least any guy that played Friday night, that can initiate that press and really, you know, cause havoc on defense, and I. I don't know, I'm kind of at a loss for words. I mean, we just didn't look good at all. Um, we got some guys that can score, obviously, but we look a little slow on defense, especially of the guards. Um, McCabe, he struggled to stay in front of people. Um, You know, Beetle's small, so he's not going to, you know, physical somebody up up on the ball like Javon Mm -hmm. could. And uh, I don't know, we don't have any rebounders from what I saw. Um, And I think the biggest issue I noticed on defense (laughs) – was the basketball community, the whole nation, they know who Sagabal Kanate is, and they know what he does at the rim on defense. And kanate has got to learn he can't block every shot. And if you watch the game, he literally tried to throw every shot into the stands. And what that does is it knocks him out of rebounding position because he's already out of the play, even Mm -hmm. if there's a missed shot. And when he's going for blocks like that, um, the teams automatically assuming they're about to get a rebound or there's going to be a blocked shot, and it led to wide open kickouts. And not really, not many players from Buffalo, if any, I don't remember any contestant they at the rim. If they saw him jump, it was a kickout, and the kickout was either an open three that they made or it was a kickout and then rotate the ball and get an easy bucket from there. So. I think that's an issue, and I think Knaudt needs to realize that he's not going to block every shot that goes up, and we need to uh, we need to stay on our man and just you know kind of stay in your own lane and guard these kickout passes and rebound the basketball because I mean that was their biggest issue on defense other than not forcing turnovers and you know really making them uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I agree with uh, with that wholeheartedly. It's almost like um, people are game planning against uh, SAG's ability to block shots. And you know it's really it's hard on rebounds, especially like you said in that game. Uh, Buffalo absolutely dominated as far as offensive rebounds is concerned, and they had a ton of those. And then you know because it takes a wee- rebounder away from you, and you know Lamont West was actually the leading rebounder for West Virginia in this one, and that's not something you want to see. Not not to harp on Lamont West or nothing, but he's not a guy that's really known for his rebound, and it's kind of been an area he struggled. I mean, maybe he's improved it this year, but either way, I think you should see Ahmad and Kanate both having uh, more rebounds than they did. I think they both had seven rebounds, and that's not going to get it done, really, for West Virginia, especially for Kanate. That's kind of the area that I wanted to see the most improvement from him this year was on rebounding, and hopefully he comes along with that. But I wanted to go back to something you said. Um, I want to talk more about Kanate here in a minute and uh, Beal Bolden as well. But I wanted to go back to uh, talking about some of the guys that didn't play. Um, Dooms, I know, didn't play. I think that they're uh, – Kind of hoping to redshirt him, and then uh, Derek Culver, because as we talk about the press and how this team may not be made for the press, Derek Culver was kind of the guy that I figured was tailor made to the top of that press. But uh, from what I'm hearing, he's kind of in uh, Huggins' doghouse, and um, I think that uh, that the the reason that I've heard is that he uh, hasn't been going to class, and so uh, that's not that's not a good sign for uh, for him, because you know Huggins ain't gonna. Isn't going to put up with that, so hopefully he can get that straightened out. Because uh, if not, we've seen Huggins let guys go for less than that before. I mean, pe- people, are, I'm sure, allow him to, you know, you know, not even have to show up directly on time for class, even if he's a few minutes late, but at least go. But from what I've heard, he's not even making an effort to go to his classes, and that's why he's in Huggs' doghouse, and he's a guy which Virginia could really use. So hopefully he can get that straightened out.
0: You to gotta go to class, man. You gotta be, you gotta be dedicated. You're a student-athlete for a reason. You're not just an athlete, so um, we need him on the floor, but you know, we also need him in the classroom. I mean, he's got a great opportunity, so I don't know why a kid like that with that potential would waste it, so um, hopefully that's something he'll get figured out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Here's the hoping it's not another, uh, he's not this season's Teddy Allen, hopefully, because I think he's got some talent in that mold. Um, then going back to talking about Kanate a little bit, uh, one thing that I noticed uh, from him that I kind of wanted to get your take on is that uh, the three point line. You know, he he did good on his threes. He was three or four on his three pointers, seventy five percent. But to me, he seemed like he was roaming around outside the uh, the whole game and. I don't, I don't think that's something that Huggins has taught him to do is kind of roam around trying to be a three-point shooter. To me, it's probably something from where he put his name into the draft last year. They thought they told him he needed to improve his outside shooting. So he's kind of uh, probably made that a focus a little bit. But um, do you think that hurts the team if he's trying to focus on improving that area instead of banging down low with guys, which, which the team could really use?
0: I think it hurts the team. I don't think it hurts us when he's making shots. I mean, the, you know, the form looked good. You know, I'm all about a guy trying to improve his game to go to the next level. You know, at the end of the day, he's got a family. You know, mm-hmm. they pay good in the NBA. So, I'm all for that. But at the same time, you got to do what's best for your team when you're in college. And I agree with you. I mean, I'd like to see him down low a little bit more. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest area he needs to work on. I mean, if he goes three for four and he can, you know, shoot 40% from the three, then he don't need to be shooting four or five a game. You no. know, all he's got to do is keep his percentage numbers up, and they'll realize, you know, okay, he can he can knock down some jumpers. But to me, uh, he, I don't think he can use his left hand around the rim. Uh, he doesn't have a drop step move. He, you know, his hook shots they go in sometimes, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he needs uh, he needs better footwork around the goal in the paint because. <laughs> You get him going down low, man. We got guys that can knock down three pointers. Yeah. We don't need, we don't need sags sags up there at the three point line all game. And uh, you know, if he starts banging down low, that opens up that game for not only him and his teammates, and you know, we can get things going that way. And I think this team has to go inside out on offense to be successful. Because mm-hmm. um, like, I don't think like you said, Bolden. He's catch and shoot type of guy. He can create his own shot. Don't get me wrong. He can, you know, he can pull up off the dribble and knock down threes. But uh, Lamont West, not so much. Um, Jordan McCabe, he hasn't really looked good at all. Uh, I I just think that if Sagabaugh can bang down low in the paint, I just think it gives the whole team confidence and it gives people open shots that, you know, can get people confidence. You know, you got young guards that, you know, they might not be able to uh, create their own shot yet or they might not be confident, but you get him down low, you know, bullying people in the paint, then you get some open shots for these guys, man. And then next thing you know, things start clicking that you didn't think could. it just, you know, it just starts. You find out your identity, and I definitely think he needs to uh, focus on down low. The shooting will come, but I agree. I think uh, I think it hurts us if he's shooting four or five threes a
1: game. Yeah, I mean, not not to take away from uh, that. That I mean, the aspect if he's making shots, that's that's good for West Virginia. But they need that presence down low. Uh, I definitely feel like for sure, Absolutely. especially for like an offensive rebound in perspective. Um, Absolutely, I'll, Beetle Bolden. We mentioned him briefly. I want to talk more about him just because I feel like. Um, I think it's fair to say he's kind of the glue for this team. He's he's the glue guy, really. Um, I don't know if that's due to the fact of being the most experienced guard, and you know how of course having lost Javon and Dax hurts. But uh, to me, it kind of seemed like when without Bolden in there, the team looked a little lost on offense almost. And I think you know some of the best offense you've seen, and when the team was actually really seemed like they were running good offense, running that motion offense, was when you had that lineup with Bolden, um, Harler. Uh, West, Ahmad, and Kanate in there, that was one of the better lineups offensively that I've seen, and I think that Beetle Bolton's health is a big concern going forward. You've seen him with that big wrap on his hand, looked like Jason Pierre-Paul or something out there, but he uh, apparently has some torn ligaments in his shooting hand, didn't affect his shooting at all. He's 67% field goal, 75% threes on the game, 21 points, shot the best of anyone on the team, but um, he's a tough guy, definitely, but uh. I think that his health's a big concern because the team's uh, night and day difference when he's on the floor versus when he's off the floor. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Beatles been injured, for since we got him. So that's definitely a
1: concern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, Napper had some moments, but Napper also showed four turnovers as opposed to two assists. And like you said, McCabe, he's just – in my opinion, he's he's just not quite ready yet. Really, I don't think he's going to get too many minutes until you get a little bit deeper into the season, unless he absolutely has to. That's why the, I think the health of Beatles, uh such a concern because you kind of want to bring these guys Napper and, uh, and McCabe and Harler. I mean, not Harler, uh, Haley along slowly at that other at that point guard position. But um, outside of Bolden, I mean, did you like what you saw from Jermaine Haley, Napper, or McCabe running the point at all?
0: Jermaine Haley, I don't think he has any offensive game
1: mm-hmm.
0: at all. Um, I mean, I, just, I honestly, I don't know what the kid can do. Um, Napper, uh, he shows he shows the moments, but I, I mean, I like Napper and McKay, but I, I just don't know if I like them this year. or Right, the first half of the season. I mean, they could prove us wrong. You know, we don't know everything. We're just giving our thoughts and opinions, but
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, I think. It, brings me back to when we had Jawan State, and then he was playing 38-39 minutes a game and when he was not on the floor uh we just looked lost and I think Bolden's gonna have to play 35 minutes a game and if he's hurt all the time it's not gonna happen and I think we're gonna struggle
1: yeah and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about um on our last podcast when we were previewing things talking about Bolden's um endurance and that kind of came into play you know he had to play a lot and then In that overtime, he went into those full body cramps, and that's just a thing of conditioning that he's going to have to get um, up and get used to having to play that much. I guess where he hasn't had to play that much in the past, but uh, West Virginia definitely needs him to uh, play those minutes, and I think that he's going to be the guy that kind of gets the team into the offense. And just kind of the, uh, like I said, the glue guy and kind of kick the team. He takes the charges on defense. He had a couple steals, and he's the best shooter as well. So not only does he generate the offense, but he's arguably your best scorer at this point too.
0: Yeah, I think without a doubt he's our best scorer. Um, he's probably the only guy we got around the perimeter that can beat somebody off the dribble and knock down a contested three. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know Lamont West, he gets four-point plays, but they're on catch and shoots. They're not off of him creating
1: his own space. Right. Yeah, Lamont West isn't a guy that can take anyone off the dribble. He's kind of got to have a open look or, you know, at least a decent enough space to get a shot off. Um, so, uh, having said I that... Another thing that helps Bolden, his shot so quick.
0: Um, I mean, it's, it's quick. And, I mean, he don't necessarily even have to beat you off the dribble to get a shot off. Lamont West has got a slow, slow release. So, I mean...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I just, if, you, if you're going to beat somebody off the dribble, you got to have a quick shot. And I think that's another thing that hurts someone west. So uh, I think it's another reason why Bolton's our best scorer. I mean, he can get the ball off pretty quick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, having said that, going over the numbers a little bit, uh, uh, what's the thing, uh, your most positive takeaway from this game, and then your most negative takeaway from this game?
0: Most negative takeaway from the game is an easy one. It's our defensive rebounding, our defensive pressure, and our lack of guarding shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, on offensive end, we just look stagnant at times. Uh, I, I guess the most positive thing I can say is that it's the first game of the season, so there's no no time for panic yet. Um, I guess the most positive positive take of the game was Bolden when he played. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, other than that, uh, there's really, really wasn't much that went our way or looked good at all to me. Uh, I, I mean, I could be missing something. I don't know if you noticed anything that I didn't, but uh, I didn't really see much. It makes me too optimistic. I think we can score the ball if we play the way we're supposed to play, but that starts on the defensive end. That's how we've played the last four or five years when we initiated Press Virginia. That's – Our offense is really our defense. I mean, our defense Mm -hmm. initiates our offense. And if we can't get those turnovers and we're turning the ball over 19 times, then we're not going to win a lot of games this year. At least not in the Big 12. We might be fine non-conference. We might be fine in this Myrtle Beach tournament. But uh, we get in the Big 12 play and we can't play defense and we're turning it over 18, 19 times. Good luck.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. uh, Basically, uh, my negative takeaways are pretty much the same. I think that um, our turnovers, turning the ball over so much, which kind of goes back to guard play um, outside of Beetle Bolden. Um, I think rebounding, like you said, was an, uh, another thing that took away. And the positive things, uh, the only ones that I really found was um, shooting the ball. We actually shot the ball pretty decently. Um, you know, I think that we've got some shooters on this team. If we can just not turn the ball over, we might be able to score some points. I mean, scored. I mean, it was it took overtime, but we did score ninety four. So. That's a positive. And then the biggest positive, I guess, that I could really take away is that West Virginia does have a Hall of Fame coach in Bob Huggins that's probably going to ride right the ship and, and have things going good by by midseason or so, I'd say.
0: Yeah, he'll get these guys lined out. I mean, we're a tournament team. Um, we got the potential to be good. I mean, we really do. We mm-hmm. can make it to the Sweet 16, the Lead 8. I mean, we can play just about anybody. I don't know about Duke. I don't know who's going to stop those guys. But, um, we can compete in the Big 12, and like you said, I got faith in Huggins, so not be worried. Well, you know, we're going to find out a lot about our team Thursday throughout the weekend in this tournament, so hopefully it's a quick turnaround.
1: Yeah, absolutely. guy um, yeah, I failed to mention, but I, I did like what I saw from him in very limited action was uh, Andrew Gordon. Um, you Andrew know, he, lo- he looks I, athletic. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to leave him out because I, I liked. I think he only played, you know, three five, three to five minutes, something like that. But in the limited time that we saw him, he looked really good. Had a nice blocked shot, and he he looks athletic. And I hope we get to see him more uh, going forward. I'd like to see him and Sags in a lineup uh, together. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, having said that, before we get into talking about uh, the upcoming game for West Virginia and the uh, upcoming Myrtle Beach Invitational, um, who's your player of the game in this one? James Bolden. I agree. That's who I was going to name as well. Uh, Beetle Bolden, player of the game for both of us in this one. 21 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Um, solid, you know, when he was on the floor for West Virginia, and hopefully he can avoid that injury bug, because West Virginia needs him going forward. So, that'll kind of put a bow on uh, recapping West Virginia's season opening game against the Buffalo Bulls. They fell 99-94 to in overtime. Currently sitting 0-1 in the season, and Now, uh, let's look ahead. Hope we uh, get a little something more positive going here as we get ready to talk about the West Virginia Mountaineers' uh, next game against the Monmouth Hawks. So, um, West Virginia's next game, game two of the season, Thursday, November 15th, 7 o'clock p.m., also going to be televised on ESPNU. Versus the Monmouth Hawks. Uh, West Virginia's 0 and 1. Monmouth is currently 0 and 3. Polls this week, West Virginia dropped out of the top 25 following that loss for the first time after being ranked for 55 consecutive weeks. Um, any opening thoughts before we get into talking about this game?
0: Um, it's a must-win for two reasons. Reason number one, we cannot afford to lose to an 0 and 3 Monmouth team who's lost by double digits and all of their first three games of the season. Mm-hmm. And number two, we've got to get some confidence going uh, for the second and third round games if there is a third round. So um, those are my first two thoughts. Must win.
1: Yeah, I, I'll um, echo those statements. I think it's a must win as well. And um, especially uh, for a team that really could use a, a confidence booster all, all, all around, I think. And um, having said that, uh don't know too many details about Monmouth. Uh, You know, they're 0-3. Like you said, double-digit losses should be a game. West Virginia uh, should be able to win and and probably win, uh, you know, by double digits or so. But um, what are your keys to the game or key to the game in this one um, to get for West Virginia to come away with a win in the opening game of the Myrtle Beach Invitational on Thursday?
0: I think we'll get the win. Um, I don't really think there's a key to the game. I think we just got to go out and give out effort and we'll win. I think the key is um, identity. I think the key for the whole tournament is identity. We got to find out who we are. We got to find out who's going to do what. What lineups are going to click? We have to find some type of identity because in the first game, I know we're not we're done with the recap, but you know, lineup changes were in and out, in and out, in and out, and we mm-hmm. cannot play like that all season. So um, I think it's identity is the key to the game. I think we got to find out who we are.
1: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I think that um, finding the right combination of guys that that not only sticks but that plays the best together is probably probably the key. And um, finding somebody on the uh, defensive side of the ball that can do some do good on ball as an on ball defender, something that you're missing since Javon Carter. And because I think you know, arguably Chase Harler was maybe the best on ball defender. But yet again, he seemed like he was the one that Buffalo wanted to attack and isolate, so it's it's kind of a, a troubling if those two are both true. If he is your best on-ball defender and he is the one that other teams want to isolate and attack. That's not a recipe for success, really. No,
0: not at all. And uh, well, you know, these guys, we, we set the press up, they inbound the ball, our guards are already beat off the first couple of dribbles, and if If Buffalo decided to push the ball, then we're playing chase down already and we're not even at half court yet.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I don't know what Monmouth brings as far as guard play, but um, West Virginia needs some semblance of um, on-ball defense and better defense from the backcourt, as well as uh, better ball control from the backcourt and limited turnovers. That'd probably be my key um, in this one. Um, Having said that, I mean – Prediction, I mean, I'm going to say West Virginia wins, hopefully by double digits. I, I want to go out on a limb and say double-digit win probably by, I don't know, 15 to 20, I would say. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree
0: with that. I think we win. Um, I think it's the tournament we should win. Um, it's one of the weaker open-season tournaments. Uh, uh, I remember saying at the beginning of the year I wish we would have been in you know, a little bit better of a field, but now I'm kind of glad we are where we're at because – I think we've won the last two season or opening season tournaments we've been in the last two years in a row, and uh, last year we you know we started out zero and one and went ahead and won that tournament. I believe it was down in Orlando, and um, I just think if we can win this tournament, you know, it's get get a trophy back in Morgantown, get the guys to uh, enjoy a tournament championship, get them to hold the trophy, take pictures, and. I think that could be could be crucial for um, going forward for the success and confidence of this team.
1: Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I think that uh, now it sets up good for West Virginia, maybe schedule wise. To by the time some of these bigger games come around, like the upcoming contest against Florida here in a few weeks, um, you know, getting some of these uh, confidence building wins and building team chemistry and finding out what you got, it's it's going to work out good and. Um, yeah, the, big, the
0: big games will come. We'll we'll have plenty of those. We need to uh, we need to get some wins, and we need to get a little bit of a streak going, and get some chemistry, like you said. So, yeah. Um, I like the tournament we're in. I like our non-conference opponents. I think it gives us a good opportunity to be mentally prepared for the Big Twelve.
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know, as we said, the West Virginia next game is Thursday. Um, They'll play two other games in that tournament, whether they win or lose, whether they're consolation games or semifinal and final games. Uh, The semifinals will be Friday night and the final games would be Sunday night or consolation games and, and, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth place games, however they fall. But um, having said that, the other teams in this Myrtle Beach Invitational that will take place down in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, you got St. Joseph's and Wake Forest playing as well. Uh, University of Central Florida and Cal State Fullerton, Valparaiso and Western Kentucky. So, definitely looks like a field West Virginia could, um, if nothing else, make the championship game. I mean, to me, looking at that, it, you're probably looking at a Wake Forest West Virginia matchup in in the finals if they don't have to play before then. But not knowing who West Virginia will play in those two games Friday and Sunday, um, what's kind of your predictions for West Virginia in this tournament?
0: Um, I think we make it to the championship game. I think once we uh, get to the championship game, it can go either way. Um, I like to say that I think that we can win it. It's just if Bolden's not healthy, I don't see us winning this tournament. But if Bolden can play and we can just rebound the ball and force a couple turnovers and hold on to the ball on offense and just shoot like we did the other night 43%, like you said, um, if we can just stay around that number and just out rebound and out hustle and, um uh, win the turnover margin,
1: I think, win the tournament. I'm going to agree with you there. I think that, uh, if West Virginia shoots the way that they did in the opener, cuts down on their turnovers, um, cranks up the intensity defensively, and rebounds the ball better, that, um, I, I, I predict them to win this tournament. I think they've got a great chance at it, and, uh, I think they'll play a Thursday night, beat Monmouth, play Friday in the semifinal, win that, and then, uh, See what happens Sunday in the uh, final championship game of the Myrtle Beach Invitational. So, um, having said that, uh, any uh, final thoughts before we close it out this week, Justin? Um,
0: no, I don't. I don't guess I got anything. I guess just go Mountaineers, and um, I think Huggins will. I'm sure Huggins got onto him, so think they'll be ready to play Thursday you know we dropped out of the rankings first time in 55 weeks one week shy of the school record so <clears throat> that kind of hurts I mean it's not all about records you know but it, at the end of the day you know kids like to be a part of something like that so I think they're going to be upset I think they're going to come out ready to prove something uh, I don't think anybody's talking about us anymore and usually that's when the Mountaineers whether it be football or basketball it's when they play the best is when people are doubting us. Absolutely. So I like that. I like that, and I think we come out with a chip on our shoulder, and I think we're going to see a maybe not a completely different team Thursday, but I think we're going to see a different team this whole tournament. And I think uh, people kind of be able to take a breath and relax just a little bit, and just realize that you know potential's there. That's just it's going to be a slow start to the season. We we said that in last week's podcast. Mm-hmm. We call it a close game against Buffalo with a potential alt which is exactly what happened, in every time. So um, it's just going to be a slow start, man, but uh, you can never doubt out Huggins. Um, It's just all depends if these kids want to be there and these kids want to play. It ain't going to be like the 2000, uh, say 2011, 2012. Jabari Hines and them, I think we had a losing record and those guys just didn't want to be there. So as long as these kids want it, man, they'll they'll get it figured out. Huggins will have us ready to go.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that, absolutely. I think that – I think this is probably, it's a talented group of guys, and I think it's a good group of guys all around, and and they're going to bounce back, I think. They're probably more motivated now, and uh, I would dare to say that uh, probably after that loss, there's a lot of guys that are probably tired of running on that treadmill this week.
0: Absolutely. And treadmills have been going nonstop up in Morgantown,
1: I guarantee (laughs) you. I agree with that for sure, but... Um, having said that, I guess that will pretty much wrap us up on this week's uh, basketball update. We'll be back again early next week to uh, recap this Myrtle Beach Invitational Tournament and preview uh, the games to come after that uh, following for the West Virginia Mountaineers men's basketball team. I uh, really appreciate everybody for tuning in. This has been the Country Roads webcast brought to you by 304 Productions, the official podcast of Almost Heaven Athletics and almostheavenathletics.com. For Justin Eller, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time. Let's go mountaineers.
0: Are you ready to fight?